Welcome to the Explosion Network's exploration of Studio Ghibli. Each week we'll be discussing one of the films from within the library of the celebrated animation studio. This is Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. Hello, my name is Dylan Blight, and joining me to discuss today's animated wonder is Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here on another podcast. Yay! <laughs> Damn right. And Kira Marchant. How many of these do we do? Do we do like too many? Is When do we go to like some kind of podcast as anonymous to say that we do too many limited run podcasts? Um, Not this year. Not this year? Fair enough. I mean, if you I'm- trademark everything, then eventually someone's got to come for it and pay you those big bucks. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> That's Ash's long run plan. For anything, yeah. Um, so of course, this is a brand new podcast from the Explosion Network. Um, if this is your first time listening to one of our things, it's the first time we've talked about anything anime in podcast form. Well, b- basically, all of like us properly, I guess. Yeah, Pro- all of us on like enthusiastically, one... yeah, enthusiastically, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. collectively as a team, collectively. Uh, so. To quickly go over the point of this podcast will be, before we kick into the first episode, it is, as the name says, it's Studio Ghibli's Animated Wondies. Wondies? <laughs> Wondies? Wondies. <laughs> uh, each, each week we will be talking about one of Studio Ghibli's movies. We're starting from the very first one and we're going to go from uh, in release order because uh, that's way... It, it made the most sense, you know? Like, why... Pit- if we, I feel like if we wasn't doing it this way, it would be like dice roll each week. Instead of because instead of just being like, all right, let's get the big guns out of the way and we pick spiritual way, Totoro and whatever else, Hell's Moving Castle, blah 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 blah, and then we'll be doing the rest in some random order. Uh, and we're just going to talk about them, uh, how we feel about them, discuss the plot, these sorts of things, and that is that is the purpose of the podcast. So to kick this one off, the first movie for this episode, Castle in the Sky, directed. Now I have put director. To go off it each week because there's gonna there's like <laughs> um, there is a how sli- many times is it directed by somebody else? Oh, there's a few. Yeah, is there really? Yeah, did Mizuki yeah. just uh, Miyazaki even Mizuki? Yeah. What am I? On? Miyazaki just you know get bored sometimes. Like yeah, somebody else try. Well, next week's next week's isn't a Miyazaki, so spoilers oh, yeah. for that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, directed by Hayao. Hayao Miyazaki, written by Hayao Miyazaki. Main cast. This is where I'm going to struggle each week sometimes, and I apologize now and for over free each week's episode. Kiko Yokozawa, Mayumi Tanka, Koto Hatsui, Minori Terada. I feel like I got, I give myself a B. Plus. Um, and it was released in 1986. The synopsis for Castle in the Sky is a young boy and a girl of magic crystal must race against pirates and foreign agents in search for a legendary floating castle ash have you seen this did you see this before and what are your thoughts on the movie no i had not seen this before and i feel like that's going to be a running theme through this podcast (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh yeah it was enjoyable i don't think it's like incredible like it's very well animated there's some uh sequences that are really cool that they put together and that kind of thing the story is kind of basic and then it kind of 
It feels very long. I don't know if you guys are- It's two hours. It is two hours, but it felt kind of longer than two hours at times. Um, (laughs) But I can't point out any specific sequence that I feel like ran long. It just- Maybe the ending, I feel like- But then, I think I checked how long it had to go. They got to the freaking castle at like- With like half an hour to go, so- I don't know how much you could rush that kind of stuff, but- uh, yeah, I had a good time. I don't think it's like one of the best films I've ever seen, that kind of thing. But I guess we'll see how it compares to other me other studio Ghibli films coming up. But yeah, it was in- it was I mean, in- a good starting point, I guess, an interesting starting point for this company. Yeah, Karen, have you seen this before? And how do you feel about it? I've watched it when I was I think when I was either like a late childhood, early teenagers. Um, I haven't seen it since. Um, I didn't. Like I never, I guess a lot of times when I was younger, I didn't like run times never really clocked with me. So when I looked at it initially, it was two hours. It was a bit like, oh fuck, okay. Um, I really enjoy it. I think I enjoy it more for a spectacle because I think the animation's fantastic and the, the score for this for Castle in the Sky is fucking amazing. Um, that I can overlook some of the story beats. I think its biggest problem is its pacing. I just think its pacing is kind of um, too stretched in some places, and I don't think we spend enough time in other places. Like, part of me has always wished that they spent more time with the pirates. Um, I wish they had, you know, spent more time with the pirates and there was more there than kind of what there was, um, and maybe less time of, like, the earlier section where they're running away from both the pirates and the, the army. Um and I think I've always thought the the twist for um, uh, Muska is that he is also from um, Lupta is um, Laputa. Is it Laputa? Laputa. Laputa. Laputa, sorry. Yeah. Laputa um, is always really weird because I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of fucking escalated out of nowhere. All right, sure. And I don't think they, I don't know, the ending's super weird. Like, not super weird, but... Just that they meet this robot that is gardening and they're, they're really enjoying that kind of connection. And then that robot does not feature in anything to do with the actual climax of the movie. And then they see him as they fly away. Um, but I, I still really enjoyed it. And, and I think the, the narrative can be overlooked for pretty amazing animation in a lot of points. And yeah, once again, the score. Um. I have I had not seen this one before. I I enjoyed it. I think the the problem with watching this, especially like we're doing now, where we're like, and I I guess a lot of people would be because you know like behind the scenes for this podcast is like, oh the Ghibli movies are coming to Netflix. Do you want to do a podcast and re- like watch them all slash rewatch them all? And it was like that sounds like a good idea because up until now <laughs> you, you couldn't. There was like no way to rent them or anything like mm. that. So I guess a lot of people would be doing similar. Uh, things, watching them all for the first time or re-watching them all finally, these sorts of things, catching up ones they hadn't seen. And when you go back, like, um, re-watch or watch for the first time the first movie in this, like, series of, like, amazing, oh, my God, like, some of the best animated things ever. And it's, like, the first one, of course, isn't as grand as the rest. It makes it sound like you think it's, like, really bad when I'm, like, it was okay. Like, I still think it's really good, but then it's like one of those things when you're comparing it to all the of the Ghibli movies, I know I would put this in the bottom pile, you know? And I don't even think that's that bad of a 
negative feeling to have for it because it is the first one, you know? It's and like, it just means that all the ones I love, which are down the, the line, obviously animation, storytelling and everything gets better. It's been improved <laughs> when, on, yeah. When, yeah. And when you already have a connection with those, you know, those quote-unquote premiere movies of the Ghibli catalogue, it's, it's a bit, you know, there's going to be movies in this series that we watch where Miyazaki is still, you know, learning his crap a little bit, trying to... Um, work out what he does you can already see in this though you can already see some of the um some of his trademarks throughout it like some of the character designs like especially um mama slash dollar is her character design i'm like you your style of character of older female like kind of appears all over the place with with miyazaki so um i, I think it's it's interesting I mean, to see the yeah. beginning of it even Sheeta, when she gets her like braids cut off, that's like you look yes. like a, another me as like character. I can't put my finger on. Yes, yeah, Kiki. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, or well, many, I suppose. But yeah, I'd say in like comparing it to the other movies, uh, like the way it looks and character designs, uh, Dola is the most prominent one. But then also. Miyazaki has this thing where anytime he has like war stuff, it's always like heavily. Uh, World War Two. It's very German inspired. It's- yeah, German design mm. inspired, which is a known fact that that's his kind of, uh, like he likes those designs uh, for whatever reason. So th- they always show up. I mean, I think a lot of people in Japan have a preference for that too because there's a lot of anime in general where the designs always seem to be heavily inspired by like World War Two German era stuff, even though it could be set in a fantasy setting. So I don't know the exact like cultural reasoning for why that is i don't know like depends i think it's uh they're easy to villainize it's like every other that's why world war ii movies are the most commonly made i don't know what from a design point but Mm. but um, it's just like the even the um like the tanks stand out obviously all the the, all that sort of stuff Mm. like looks it but even the the government dudes or whatever with those small glasses type like that's a, a like that's a character that you've seen a lot of stuff. Like, all the bad guys in Helsing look like that. Lots of other animes, you know, like, <laughs> they always, it's like this German-inspired bad dude-looking thing with those tiny glasses or whatever. Can I say, it's there was, like, the sheer amount of soldiers they were using to chase this poor little girl was astounding. There was yeah. always, like, just a whole, f- like, small infantry of them just chasing her. And you're like, fucking hell, okay. Going nuts with your character budget here, Miyazaki? Sure, go for it. I mean, all these movies take several years, so, I mean. Why not? What's the, what's the, what's the budget? Your time <laughs> to draw, I guess. I don't know. Um, what was that? I think, yeah, so I agree, the, I agree with what Karen said. That I think the score for this movie is quite good. Um, the other thing I was going to say is that uh, the ending... I it's not I don't have like a big problem with the ending. I do have a problem with um, what's his face? What uh, you just said him the the bad guy. He's like the reveal, the fact like oh I'm a Lupita thing too. Uh, Musaka? That's silly. Musaka, what, something like that. Whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> That's a thing because it, like it, it it doesn't really add anything to the movie in my opinion. Like you could have just left him as like random bad dude who 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 had read about this basically war machine of a planet or an island floating in the sky and he could have just left it at that and had that be his whole thing like evil dude wants big uh wants this thing to kind of take over the 
the planet, I guess, you know what I mean? Like to rule from above type of thing. Why you had to reveal him to be tied to an ancestral line and then literally do nothing else with that plot line uh, just seems silly to me. Like it's well, completely unnecessary and it's the one thing that stands out to me. I'm like, why? That's my 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 one big negative is that because I really don't think it was necessary. I actually think, think like- also her connection to the the city was kind of pointless as well. Like in the in in the in the end of it, like it just didn't in, kind of somewhat in the end, but it was necessary for the everything yeah, in the movie up to that point. So. Correct. It, it just seemed to like. I think the biggest problem was the fact that there was nobody alive on um, La Puta. Um, that it kind of lost some of that significance of a returning quote king or queen. It was just like, oh, this place is empty. Ash, do you have any other... Well, I think uh, the reason his lineage matters is because it, it gives him a sense of entitlement to to Laputa, and and he thinks he deserves to be ruler and in charge and all that kind of stuff. So that's Possibly. his driving force. Like, I feel like you it's a thing, thing we've seen in, in several other things before. Yeah, I, I can <laughs> buy that. I just didn't get it in the movie. You could do that yeah. without him being of lineage, though. Like you could do, like he could have easily been like that, but with like I found this. This is maybe me that he found couldn't this. work the things if he didn't have. This is just speculating. Mm, that's that's fair. Nah. And also, when he touches her stone early in the movie, he like gets burnt by it. I'm like, well, if you're from there, like, what's the? Like, I don't know. Because when that happens in the movie, I'm like, oh, he can't touch it because he's like only she can touch it because she's fr- from you know she's one of them. But then he when he reveals he's got blood lineage as well i'm like what was the problem with the stone like she was able she's to got touch bad it. blood D- tainted Ta- shout out Taylor Swift. that, that yeah. stone was yeah. very weird as well because it was like only she could use the stone or do anything with the stone but he, like after she used it to show the light towards where it was even though she went away from it that light kept yeah. going she forgot I to get, like, turn the off switch on right okay <laughs> okay sure that's how that works um, one trivia thing for that I found quite interesting for this was that uh, Laputa was from Gulliver's Travels, which is where uh, Miyazaki was inspired yeah. for this story. But he didn't find out until after the movie came out that Laputa in Spanish means the whore, and then he regretted <laughs> titling it that. <laughs> which I, th- which is why I think they've kind of just dropped the Laputa part from the title, which is how it released originally, Laputa: The Castle in the Sky, and now it's just the Castle in the Sky. What was really sad for me, or not sad, but I felt very disjointed, was that in the opening sections of the film, it shows a whole bunch of those floating islands with like different things on it. So I was, I always feel like, oh, but then they only find the one main castle, which um, it's like, what are all these things you're depicting then? These like, I guess they were like more like um, sections of land or houses on different flying sections I, I was yeah i'm always a bit confused by that section but maybe maybe it was like a bunch of connected islands at one stage and then mm. slowly over time they've all dropped off now that the only one that remains is that one that's floating around now uh so each for each movie i want to do a bit of a or attempt a bit of a thematic breakdown because although not all of these movies and this is one of which isn't going to have like grandular 
things to break down like themes and whatever else some 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 are more deep than others uh just try and see what we get out of it so for this one castle in the sky i wrote down it's just your sort of typical action action adventure fantasy film and i would say the target audience was younger kids at the time it released would I mean, be the the thing it gets kind of dark there at certain points like Especially with the, it does, ro- but- the the first time the robot shows up and they start blowing that place. It above. does, but I would say 1986. Um, you got to remember if you go back and look at any sort of animated stuff, or even just like general, like my example is always the Goonies, even in like American films. Yeah. Like films used to be scarier for like that were targeted and towards like kids. If you think this is scary, there's some stuff. There's some of like the bigger movies later on that has some themes that you're like. Fuck. Okay, this is uh, this is pretty full on. This is uh, shit. Okay, and then you also got to remember this pre this predates like the Lion King, and that's probably one of the most traumatizing freaking movies <laughs> in uh, most people's childhoods. Japan's kids are just more hardcore than American kids. Yeah, damn straight. <laughs> None of this uh, soft parenting. Yeah. God damn it. Um, and the only other thing that I could like point out from here, like a character piece that I thought was quite interesting, was that I felt like Dola as a character was this sort of play on the looks can be deceiving, that there could be good inside everyone, because obviously um, her and the pirates are introduced at the start of the movie as the the major villains, obviously, um, and everyone on the the big ship, you, you, you assume are good guys. Uh, protecting the girl or whatever and even when she jumps off you're a bit like questioning like but you don't automatically assume they're mega bad guys as well um, mm. for most of the movie you think the pirates are the they're the worst they're the worst and like you, and obviously the way she's designed she's designed to be a cartoonishy bad guy you know yeah, yeah it's, it's it's supposed to be like that on purpose and then by the end of the movie it's like this soft center on the inside sort of character um, thing so I, in yep. a lot of ways, I feel like she has the most interesting character I in think it the was, whole movie. <laughs> I think it was, I, I think for some reason, just because of based on watching um, Ghibli movies previously, I think the moment I saw them and, and how it was starting to build, I was like, oh, okay, they're going to befriend them. They started to get more comedic times or um, more singular moments on the pirates that I was, it's, it's kind of lends itself to to show that's how it was going um man um pazu just like ditched his family hardcore like he goes he goes runs off after these pirates are chasing him he's does, does he, he have a family though yeah isn't that his family no that's not no he has no family no, it's his he boss doesn't have a family, family at all his is boss. that his boss i thought that was his mum no, ah, his boss's okay. boss's it's not, wife. It's not as bad because he comes <laughs> back and she's like, "Oh, what's going on?" And he's all upset, and then he runs off to his shack. Yeah, and then he lives alone. His house pieces out. Yeah, I was like, talks, maybe his dad's like some, dead. Remember, he talks about it. His dad is dead. That's okay. That was me watching this late at night, and my brain not <laughs> properly. His dad saw the uh, dad is dead. A very his true dad's point. dead. He hey, literally his took mom the photo. Could have remarried. It's her right to remarried. His no idea where his mum is. No. I sh- maybe she was on the ship with his dad and he just doesn't bother mentioning his mum. <laughs> doesn't mention his mum whatsoever. Just not important. Not important. Yeah. So she not, didn't take the picture, enough. so. Yeah. She's, well, I don't know how the picture got back. That's, That's also, <laughs> I was just like, how did the picture get back then? <laughs> That's a good question. He's up there. Ding. He dies. Oh no, he doesn't die there. Fuck no, this. he comes That's, back and then he gets called a liar the entire time. Yeah, yeah, he gets called a liar and then he dies later. 
You yeah, see, you right. see, right. this is how much attention we pay to movies we watch for limited run podcasts. You know? I, I, was, I was talking myself into <laughs> a, a, a funny joke and then I was like, damn, it doesn't work. No, <laughs> damn. Damn. Um, all right, so each episode I want us to uh, pick a favorite character and character moment uh, from the thing. Uh, in the future, I'll probably just end up picking a bunch of hashtag cuties ones, most likely. Uh, but for this one... I obviously after what I just said, I'm gonna say my favorite, my favorite character in this was Dola, and my my favorite scene was the one in which you get to see that she's uh, growing attached to her new com- companions, and that's why I, th- which I is wish eavesdropping. we had more. T- <laughs> eavesdropping. That's my favorite. That's that, that that's my my pick for my character moment because just as we, as bad as it is that they're all eavesdropping on those two up there talking, I did enjoy the fact that she's like listening. And there's a fact there where she like sits up for a hot second and. Like they say something about the pointing in the wrong direction or something. She's like, <gasps> but then like, no, 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 it's it's going the right way. And she's like, ah, oh. and then like keeps listening. And then um, he says like, oh no, she's like pretty nice. Like she's actually quite sweet or something like that. And you can tell she's like, oh, it's just, these kids, they're so nice to me, like that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that scene. And I, by the end of the movie, I definitely felt like she was my favorite character. And in a lot of ways, I wish that I would have tied it up the front end of the movie, got them on board that pirate ship earlier and then spent more time just on the pirate ship on a Even journey. If there was yeah. a more period of of them, um, of Dola being slightly meaner to them or, you know, making them work a bit harder and showing that more character progression for yeah. them um, would have just been a, a lot more um, narratively uh, fulfilling. Ash, who'd your, who's your favourite character uh, in this Probably Pazu, I think, is, is a lot of fun. He plays that, like, naive kid that we see in a lot of things, like Dragon Ball and that kind of thing, you know, jumping off buildings. And <laughs> oh, that part was funny as fuck at the start where he, he grabs the he grabs, um, so grabs like, a necklace, just jumps straight off, and he's like, I guess it doesn't work. I'm like, mate, your, your legs are broken. <laughs> your your mate, legs are broken. This is the his- same kid that just stuffs himself into any hole. If there is a gap <laughs> of any size, he's like, I'm going headfirst into this and just forcing my way through it. It's it's impressive. I think it's a special ability, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Um, what was your favourite uh, moment? I think like, the terrain sequence. I think that was animated mm-hmm. really well. It was a lot of fun. Action uh, scene. Action sequence, yeah. Karen. Who's your favorite character? Uh, I'd say Pazu. I really like Pazu's um, narrative arc throughout the whole thing. I think he he's very responsible. Like he starts off as just you know almost like a kid just doing his stuff, and then just the the distance he goes to accepting stuff like oh I'm gonna be a pirate so to save mm. this girl or and going that further. And I really enjoyed like my favorite. I, I don't know if it's a moment, but a section of is him working and contributing on the ship um i think i really love the idea that you know the moment he got put into that boiler room like he just fit in and started doing work straight away um and and was wanting to prove himself and wanting to show that he knew his shit like it was um really nice to him to see um and and his connect he was like the 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 almost the glue that kind of connected everything together almost like the reason for Sheeta and him to be with the pirates was him because he he grounds them all together and brings everything together. So, um, yeah, I really like Pazu in this movie. Are we saying that your favorite scene is the yeah pirate ship the, the thing? pirate ship? I liked every that section on the pirate ship just made me want. I wish the movie was a lot more of this. 
um, because there were some fun moments. I think the pirates themselves are quite amusing and quite funny. You've got that section where they're all trying to help Sheeter in the kitchen and they that all just one by kind one. Of weird. It was kind That's, of weird. Yeah, I, that was, was I was like, about to bring that up. <laughs> I was like, this is weird, but at the same time, kind of funny. But at the and same it time. It kind of makes sense because they're probably all, you know, uh, kept away from any other human contact. So any girl would be pretty. It doesn't make sense because <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's young, <laughs> and they and they are not young. One of them has a mustache. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Well, when the only other female in your pirate ship is your mum, I mean, any you female don't want to finish that sentence. Pit. You don't want to finish that sentence. <laughs> uh, uh. No. That, that was, uh, I was about to, you know, like closing thoughts. I was about to say that scene was, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that yeah, was awkward great. to watch. It and it would be the, it would be one I could very easily just like go in, cut, and then just re, it, like, re-export him, the movie and be okay with it. Even him like looking through the window at the start, I was like, oh no, how's this going to happen? Like, <laughs> what's, oh God. Okay, sure. Yep. Yep. What went out just wanted to window? be friends. Well, he was like looking, like looking through the windows and trying to, like you know, like talk himself up for the situation. And oh, it was yeah. just, how do you yeah. not notice his body was in there? <laughs> his brother was in there already. <sighs> I want to know what he was going to do that first dude. Like when yeah. he when he started creeping forward until he saw the other person. Like, what was you about to do, my dude? Do I need to call the police? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a bit like that. I have questions. Uh, any other closing thoughts for Castle in the Sky? Random Castle thing. in the Sky is mm. a interesting starting point for the Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli movies that we're watching. Um, I think, for me, I don't think it's it's not the top of the pile, but I don't think it's the bottom of the pile either. I think it's very middling for Studio Ghibli. So um, I see from here we'll definitely get a range of quality and styles of narratives, that which would be interesting to see. I'm gonna, I, I, I didn't want to like force it upon everyone because I don't know because Mikey's complain and have to do it to each week. But I'm going to keep my own ranking, and obviously it's the first movie, so there's not so much to, to talk about. This this one is is at position number one. But I I am going to do my own ranking, and I would expect by the end of this, this is because um, I I would say I've seen like two thirds of these before. So watching this, I'm like this is going to be in my this is going to be in my my bottom section for sure. But again. I, I enjoyed the movie, but it's just like comparing a lot of good stuff to other good stuff means that's eventually some good stuff has <laughs> has to be at the bottom of the good stuff pile. You know, yeah. it's like when I rank other things I really like. It's like, well, I have to say one of these is at the bottom. You know. So, um, where do you put this on the list? Uh, it's at number one and number <gasps> two. Oh, it's crap. first and last. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Surprising. It takes up two places. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. crazy. Mm, uh, so sense. by next episode, if you want to join him, then we can add in a, a ranking section. Right. But either way, well, I'm going to well, do it. I'll rank this number one as well. All right. So far. Karen, where are you ranking this? Um, I'm going to put this at like, the middle of the pack of the movies we've currently watched at number one. Right, so number one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that is it. That's animated number uh, animated wonder number one, Castle in the Sky. You can follow us on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. Next week's film is Grave of the Fireflies. I think we're all going to cry in that one. Uh, so make sure to watch that before next week's episode releases. Bye.
Hey, don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening and you can drop a review if you can. Find more great shows like this and more content over at ExplosionNetwork.com and please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Ko-fi page by heading to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.